0: what's up guys in case you haven't heard blue wire studios just dropped their first original podcast golden goal the show gives you 10 minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them whether you just learn about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan this podcast is a great listen for everyone the final two episodes are live right now or binge on the entire season to learn more about your favorite soccer stars check out blue wire's golden goal available anywhere you listen to podcasts Mahomes. The time delivers. Perfectly downfield. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, and it's touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime and Road of His Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag and the FFPC. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined as always by one of the best minds in the fantasy football industry, somebody who I don't think you'll you'll ever go too far wrong when you're listening to the, the sage advice that comes from him, it's Mr. Sean Siegel. Sean, we're uh, in for two good shows this week, really looking forward to some of the stuff we're going to break down, uh, looking through some draft strategies we'd like to do this time of year, and we're going to look then later in the show at... Uh, two uh, or three value tight ends that curtis patrick is recommending we're going to dive into that a little bit later in the second half of the show but lots of stuff to talk about really looking forward to it uh looking forward to this one
1: definitely we're getting to that time of the year right now where training camps are going to start to open. We're going to start to get a little bit of player news and sort of firming up our final boards before we start to get those practice reports. Hopefully everything goes smoothly over the next couple of weeks. Most of the tests come back negative and we'll be closer than ever to football. It's been a, a long time, it feels like coming to this point this year. But certainly uh some of the things going in a very positive direction, a few things obviously still going in a negative direction and uh, all we can do is cross our fingers and hope for the best and continue to prepare and enjoy our, our fantasy football and that definitely includes some of these drafts both real and mock that we're going to discuss and get into both player selection and draft tactics always a lot of fun looking at those two elements
0: yeah 100% and you mentioned uh, there was like a couple of weeks that it didn't really even this week uh, you know will the season happen doesn't the season happen what's happening things over the last couple of days uh, recording this one on Tuesday so things looking uh, positive that camps and everything is going to get kicked off and uh, we will be ready to roll so it's going to be fun as uh, draft season also continues to ramp up over the next couple of weeks we'd like to start the show off with uh, our partners over at the ffpc and the ffpc stat attack sean what have you got for us today
1: well today's ffpc stat attack focuses on aaron jones jones is last year's rb2 and finished with a 19 percent win rate in ffpc best ball leagues even though he scored 19 touchdowns is unlikely to do so again he's still ranked number four in expected points uh, our stat that helps you translate volume into the fantasy points that players should score based on what their usage is. Number 4 obviously not too bad. He's number 5 overall in our projections or according to the range of outcomes tool which matches players with their historical comps and uses those to give us a sense of the different range of outcomes those guys then get in the following season. Again, obviously, number five, not too shabby. Despite all of that, he sits at number 13 in FFPC ADP. So he's one of those guys we may discuss a little bit later in the show in terms of what his value actually is for 2020
0: yeah and of course the ffpc stat attack is brought to you by the ffpc the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry including dynasty best ball and of course the world famous ffpc main event to learn more or to join the league today head on over to my that's my and of course as always check out those tools up on the site that we'll be talking about on today's show that set you up for ffpc domination so sean we teased it on the intro we're going to do a little bit of draft strategy today looking through some of the pieces up on the website as we go to do it but obviously we're looking here at uh, best ball drafting uh, basically a whole draft and what we would like to see coming out of it obviously the 101 I'm just going to say this is a yes or no answer Sean (laughs) 101 it is Christian McCaffrey in our mock here is there any other situation other than Christian McCaffrey at the 101?
1: I don't think that there is and you get the 101, you just go ahead and, and put that player into play. But we need to realize that even though he's the best player in fantasy football, he's the clear pick here. The number one pick over the last three years has not actually done particularly well. David Johnson in 2017, Saquon Barkley in 2019. Both of those guys posted win rates below 5% uh, when we're looking at it as a group that more than cancels out Todd Gurley's big 2018 And the interesting thing here is that, in fact, five of the nine earliest running backs drafted in the three years of the FFPC uh, best ball format have actually returned rates below 5%. That would be Johnson and Barkley, whom we just talked about. Also, Le'Veon Bell was the 2-4 in ADP. In 2018, he had a 1.2% win rate. Obviously, that's what happens when you don't play. Alvin Kamara last year, uh, ADP just over three. He had a 4.4% win rate. And David Johnson in 2018 was the 3.5, turning a 4.2% win rate. If you've been drafting David Johnson ever since his 2016 season, things have not gone well for you. So hopefully you can turn that around in Houston. But it's interesting here to see the big contrast between the extremely high win rates of Gurley, Bell in 2017, McCaffrey last year, and Elliott in 2018 with those really low win rates. That's something actually that Blair talked about some in one of his recent articles, focusing on the tight end position and how tight end and running back uh, have some similarities there early on. Now, just before we get into these next couple picks, I wanted to point out that this draft we're looking at is an FFPC mock that Jack Miller put together. He's got a number of really cool articles coming out. We're going to talk about the first in that series for our show on Thursday. But what we're looking at in this particular piece, we're going to look at my picks as we go through. We're going to talk about specific players, but we're also going to be looking at results from both the best ball win rates tool which gives us positional heat maps and a bunch of other sort of advanced stats relating to ffpc and best ball formats we're also going to be looking at the roster construction explorer and discussing structural ways that you can attack these drafts to give yourself a big advantage i really think that you know if you have just one piece that you want to get in there and look at as it relates to specific 2020 drafts This might be the one, because these best ball leagues, they really are exploitable. People are not playing them correctly. If you use the intel from the Roster Construction Explorer, you have a huge, huge advantage. So we'll go through some of that today. It should be a lot of fun. And also, go to the site, play with those tools. Uh, You won't be disappointed
0: yeah and i think uh, the interesting thing is like you know when you look back it's easy to say now christian mccaffrey smashed at the 101 and i think in my opinion there's no other pick to make at that spot but when we look back through those years as you mentioned over the last three years we had similar thoughts about some of those guys, some of them injury-related, some of them performance-related. Um, so it's always, let's hope we're we're in for another successful season of Christian McCaffrey action because uh, definitely one of the most enjoyable players to watch. But makes it very intriguing at the start. But I can't see there being too many drafts where he isn't the first off the board. I think it's a, a real true consensus 101 for the 2020 season. Obviously, when you take him at that spot, Sean, it means that you have no pick then until the last pick off that second round and that was the 212 um, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago um, as we were plotting draft strategy for the scott Fish Bowl. we talked about obviously the tight end premium benefits and that not quite the same <laughs> tight end premium benefits in the ffpc but it is tight end premium scoring um, so it does help kind of give that little bit of an edge to the elite tight ends and that top tier uh, you took zach Ertz at the 212 at that point, are you still, and this has been a kind of something we did last year too, trying to get that kind of early tight end as well. Is that something that you prioritized, um, you know, over other players who was in the mix for you
1: at that pick? Well, when you have the turn pick here, then you can kind of get a couple of guys and Aaron Jones, who we'll talk about in a second there at the 301. If this hadn't been a turn situation, he might have been the guy instead of Ertz. But I do think you have to get a tight end here. We won't go over all of the reasons why Ertz is a great pick. We have had that on the show for you recently. But If you pull up the Roster Construction Explorer or you pull up the Best Ball Win Rates tool and look at the positional heat map, the positional heat map here lets you see the win rate added at each particular draft slot for a specific position. You look at the tight ends, and tight ends really start getting drafted around 105 in the FFPC with that tight end premium, and the amount of value they add is incredible. Right, The dark green that you see on the heat map here, from the 105 to the 309, is really pretty shocking. And so, wherever tight end fits for you in that group, you need to make sure that you grab one of those players. And Ertz was the fit for me. Obviously, I'm not going to take a tight end at the 101, but coming back around, Ertz still there. Uh, he's a no brainer pick at that selection. And then we moved to Aaron Jones. We had him in the intro with the FFPC stat attack jones at running back 13 column you're a big green bay packers guy i think that this sort of overstates the damage from touchdown regression overstates the likely threat from aj Dillon. i love Dillon. i own him a lot late i probably own him more than jones because of the price but aaron jones is the guy that we've been on since he was drafted way later than he should have been in the reality draft several years ago he's one of the most explosive running backs In the entire NFL, I'm not sure I understand why he's being drafted behind some guys who were both less productive last year and who simply are not as good. Uh, As a Packers fan, what do you think about him still being available right here? And this isn't unusual. I mean, this is the general range that he's falling in drafts
0: yeah and i think uh, you know i always try and temper my expectations <laughs> I, I always avoid picking those homer picks you know who you want to get but i think when we're looking at rb13 at this point in the draft uh you know it's a it's a real steal for him i think that like this is one of the kind of picks and i'm not sure if you'll agree but i think you will based on seeing some of the drafts you did recently where i think Aaron jones is somebody who you can draft and be very confident on it and um, these type of drafts and also you can be very happy if you pick up aj dylan later in drafts as a zero rb candidate um i i think that jones has his own standalone value and if we're going the zero rb route we can pick up somebody like dylan who can have his value if something did happen to jones but i think if you look at a situation where Jones last year had a situation him and uh, Williams kind of split almost 50-50 most weeks from both were healthy in terms of the workload um, and he still had such a big season now there is going to be touchdown regression I would imagine but you know you talked about him being better than other running backs I think as a receiver he's much better than the majority of running backs that are going in those four or five spots ahead of him I also think that um, he is you know those other guys don't really catch the ball at all so you're in ppr formats like this you're really losing out um i think it's a really smart pick here and i, I would pick him with confidence do you agree with what i was talking about him being a prime target and also aj dylan being a prime target later in drafts depending on how, how the opening rounds of that draft play out for you
1: definitely i like them both if anything happens to jones and certainly all of these running backs early have a real injury threat to them then dylan would be a home run pick but jones as you talked about last year it's possible that we'll see a three-way split i think that the packers do still like williams he does bring some things to the table that the other two guys may not but most of the touches from dylan we would expect to come out of williams there if dylan hadn't been on the team we probably would have seen jones with a higher percentage of the work this year than what he had last year even if that steps off a little bit now because they do have dylan i think we can project him for all the workload he can really handle right trying to keep him healthy trying to keep him available for those high leverage touches certainly the big plays in the game and he is just so so good if this offense takes a little bit of a step forward even if he's not as big a part of it or doesn't score as high a percentage of the touchdowns if the offense is better scores more total points that benefits him certainly he looks like a very good play in this range now Once we have these three early picks, we can go to the RCE. We can look and see what the historical results have been. The two key elements here are really to get that running back in the first round and make sure that you have the early tight end. With this running back, tight end, running back start, we look back over the last three years and we see that we have an 11.3% win rate. So in general terms, we're winning at about 11%. We have a top six percentage above 55%. And you can also go through then and look and see how it fits in with different wide receiver combinations. One of the nice things about this start is that anywhere from seven wide receivers to 11 wide receivers, how you build that later on with your team, you're going to have a win rate above 10% and it's fairly consistent across the board there. So you have some flexibility. I think it's another benefit of this particular start here. Now we've talked on different shows about other ways that you can approach best ball formats and you want to be aware of where you're drafting from the 101 it's a much better situation to go a little bit more running back heavy early and then start to hammer wide receivers which we'll see a little bit next
0: just before we get into the second half of the show want to let you know about our friends over at bet online sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events and there's no better place to start than exclusive partners bet online get in on the action for this week's big ufc action or check out the odds on nascar formula one or the premier league can't wait for your team to come back bet online has future odds and win totals division winners and even league championships or check out the daily simulations of madden and nba 2k to watch and wager on visit betonline.com Ag And use the promo code BlueWire to receive your welcome bonus. That's all one word, Blue Wire, to get that welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. So Sean, as we move on through the draft, obviously we've got the three picks. They are the high leverage rounds, but there is the rounds Then I like between kind of rounds four through eight to ten, where I think drafts can be just uh, turned into explosive options for your league winning seasons or they can fall apart very quickly. Um, There is a couple of players here that we have talked about a number of times on the podcast uh, and recent times and historically uh, four twelve led to the pick of Terry McLaren, somebody who I've Talked uh, quite a number of times on the next pickup. Then was Debo Samuel of the 49ers, uh, picking up those two young wide receivers. Uh, what was the thought process going into those two guys?
1: Well, because this was a, a Rotoviz staff draft, and so many of the drafters are both familiar with and believers in the value of wide receivers early, we're going to have a little bit more of the wide receiver shifted up beyond where they would be in ADP. So we get to the 4 or 5 turn here. We need to add some wide receivers. We want to have some guys with upside both of these individual players had fantastic rookie seasons and the research shows very strongly that they project to even more explosive growth in terms of year two target share. Uh, Blair had another really cool article uh, this last week, the wrong read number 63 discussing the change in target and target share based on experience in the NFL and not surprisingly the big, big benefit here does go to those year two wide receivers. Now this mock started and this particular pick of Samuel occurred before he had the injury there obviously he wouldn't go quite that high now I still do very much like him in terms of when he comes back when he's healthy the value that he's going to provide to a team down the road the other thing that we can look at here is after our first five picks we go back to the RCE we see that our win percentage now if we look at historical teams that followed a similar pattern they would have been above 12% above 59 percent in terms of win rate and so feel very very good very excited very comfortable with this in terms of a start Uh, but this still is is nothing compared to what the rce can give us as we go a little bit further in the draft so let's continue to go through at the 612 hunter henry at the 701 kyler murray give me a little bit your thoughts on these picks and how they fit into some of the other things we know uh, in terms of structural drafting
0: the one thing i'll say here is hunter henry i just wish i just wish we get a full season healthy from hunter henry and i think we'll have him as a, a top five tight end come the end of the season and i think you mentioned it maybe on last week's show or the show before but when he's been healthy he has uh you know been dominant and he's put up some huge games uh, but we just haven't been able to see him stay healthy he's always been the player who you know we thought was going to be filling in for antonio gates with philip rivers now obviously rivers not with the chargers anymore but the the upside is just so high with hunter henry um and i'm hoping that uh you know that, that's to come this season i think having him and i was going to mention this actually after the the pick of zach ertz you know having that second tight end and that here where he can really elevate that roster like obviously people sometimes target those basketball drafts and say well i can pick those guys in the later ends of it i only need to have one of them to play a week but if you can play in a tight end premium and have two of those guys starting uh, you know it can really um, elevate the the overall points total for that team uh, i also think kyler murray he's a very very interesting pick here and this is kind of the the fair range for him to go. Um, we've talked about the the structural, uh, you know, setup off these drafts and getting that quarterback. And this range is is optimal, you know, to move forward and then try and get those get those quarterbacks in. And you know, kind of that 11-12 range to to go with your three quarterback build, if that's the approach you're going to take. I I think Murray everything is set up for him to have a, a big season. We, you know, you've know, you talked about um, DeAndre Hopkins, how you expect him to have a, a big, big year. And we have talked a number of times about you know wide receivers who change team. One person who I have you know very little f- fear in that happening to is probably going to be DeAndre Hopkins this year. But the big boost of that is that Kyler Murray gets to play with him. Kyler Murray, who last year, we probably wanted to see him rush the ball a little bit more, had a couple of injuries and didn't get to do it as much as we would like. I think there's a, a huge possibility for him to finish in those kind of top three quarterbacks this season the one thing about him is where we're drafting him here sean there's not a huge not a huge room for maneuvering around it do you think that you know taking murray over some of the other options here is the 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 best way to go had any decisions over picking a different quarterback at that spot was there any other quarterbacks in the mix
1: no, there wouldn't have been any other quarterbacks for them in the mix for me here. The question really is that the sweet spot for QBs is from round 7 to round 11, and really the very best would be in the rounds 9-10 range. So if you take in somebody at the 701, it's definitely at the very beginning of where you would really want to consider the quarterback. Now, because of the specific players who were being selected in my draft. I wanted to go ahead and make this pick because the white, my wide receiver targets, and we'll talk about them in just a second. They were going to be available coming back around at the eight, nine Murray was definitely not. And so it made sense to go ahead and grab him here. He's the guy I think could be this year's Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Now, obviously that would be an incredibly high standard to hit, even if he doesn't do that, but just has a good season. He should be a, a, a nice part of this team. Uh, Just quickly wrapping up with the tight ends there you mentioned the two tight ends early the value that that has you look at that in the roster construction explorer if you get your tight end one in the first three rounds and your tight end two before round eight that's given you historically a win rate above 10% a top six percentage above 59%. So we definitely want to get those tight ends there especially if our targets come to us in spots that are not too expensive. So, at this point, we have the two running backs, the two wide receivers, the two tight ends. We have our quarterback that gives us a lot of flexibility to go wide receiver, running back, wherever we want next. And because of the flow of this particular draft, we needed to take these three wide receivers in the next three rounds.
0: Yeah. So, up next at 812 turns into McCole Hardman. Uh, then we have Mike Williams, who we've talked about recently as well. So, loading up on the Chargers here in the last couple of rounds. And then Nikhil Hari, um, who. I think we, we've talked about, um, still, still split on it, still split on how the, for me personally, how the Patriots are going to go this season, um, but obviously three wide receivers coming in in that range and i think there's definitely productive weeks in all three of them much prefer for me personally the the first two off the board and hardman and williams um when you were coming in here sean you know building this team you mentioned it give you the flexibility and those and as we'll see maybe we'll jump ahead now to to round it all into one question but after that you went three running backs and uh alexander madison zach moss and tevin coleman so we have a situation where you've gone three three wide receivers followed by the three running backs at those picks was there any uh you know other players any like running back wide receiver you know options that you were very tempted to go by or were you pretty set on those picks as you as those draft positions got closer for you
1: Pretty set on these picks, even though if you look purely at ADP, you're going to see Hardman and Williams and Harry way above where they're normally drafted. However, again, because of this particular draft and the understanding of the owners of where the wide receiver value is and how important it is to not be short at wide receiver, those are the people we needed to take in this range. I would have even been tempted to take them earlier if I thought that I had to hardman someone again who is the real takeaway as your main target from blair's article that we just referenced williams harry players who are set to break out you look at the four of the first five wide receivers here are going to be guys heading into that big year to boost that's the way that we potentially can get those guys right before they're going to be big time draft picks the following year sure there's a little bit of risk Uh, at these adps you know you definitely are paying for that it's not like you're getting it for free but we want to have our roster structured in a way that gives us this exposure to that upside and then you mentioned the running backs here the flip side of those three wide receivers all being overdrafted by adp is that those running backs then and those are guys we've talked about as being on our zero running back target list throughout the offseason all three of those players are far below where they normally go. So once we anticipate and understand where the drafters in our league, what they're going to do, then we can make sure that we adjust our approach and get the guys we still want based on where they're going to go in this particular draft. So being able to add Madison, Moss, and Coleman, I get the guys that I want there. I get to where I have five wide receivers, five running backs. If we look quickly at those first 10 rounds, and again uh, looking at the RCE, what it's t- telling us This kind of draft build has had a historical win rate above 15%. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that we'll be able to achieve that this season, but that 15% is obviously way, way, way above the average win rate. We have to feel good if we build that way to this point, but we still have some key things we want to do the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, and I think what we'll do, Sean. Obviously, we're a good portion of the draft left to run here. I think we'll tease uh, some of the remainder. But what I want to do is obviously we've talked on the show a couple of times now about the defense and place kicker strategy. Not my favorite positions in fantasy football, but definitely in best ball there is valid uh, points to have them. I would recommend for the listeners to check that out because that is somewhere where you can definitely gain an edge, and and that's something that you've shown in the article. But what I want to forget or add about <laughs> I said forget the one one thing you don't want to forget is focusing on those players in those final rounds obviously the ffpc's 28 rounds uh, so between round 22 and 28 there's some very interesting picks here a couple of things sean that i picked up based on what you did was you picked muhammad sanu who obviously we talked about harry a moment ago kind of gives you uh, a little bit of uh, stability in that patriots offense you know either one of those is probably going to have a pretty good season uh, it's very unlikely that both of them end up being super unproductive i think sanu is somebody who's very interesting he's kind of completely forgotten about um based on what they traded for him last year and based on the production he's had although not top tier production has been pretty steady throughout his uh time particularly in atlanta um and the other player that you have is demarcus robinson who we talked about last week i think it was um we touched on some of those late round players but obviously you have hardman earlier in the draft and you're a kind of pinning those two guys together was that something that was an intentional strategy and uh do you think sanu was that just a pick that went purely on value or do you think that he is somebody with uh you know been been overlooked this this offseason so far
1: There's a little bit of both. These are not guys I would have taken purely to handcuff those other receivers. If I didn't like the value there, uh, sort of as standalones, I wouldn't have selected them. But I do like the fact that if Hardman doesn't break out, then Robinson probably the beneficiary. If Harry doesn't break out, then Sanu probably the beneficiary. You also have a little bit of injury protection there. Sanu, especially in round 26 is a little bit of a value by ADP, you know, some news out in the last couple of days of just how hard he's working to be ready uh, for this 2020 season and sort of give back uh, some of the value that the Patriots gave up when they used that relatively meaningful pick in order to trade for him mid-season last year even with Tom Brady gone who is rumored to have been one of the guys who pushed for that he certainly wants uh, to generate value for the Patriots there a couple other players that we're going to discuss here on the show in just a second. Jay Sternberger in round 23, kind of a weird one where, because of the place kicker and defensive approach, he actually fell way, way below his normal FFPC uh, best ball ADP. And then Chase Claypool and KJ Hamler rounds 24, 25 turn. We're going to discuss the two of them on the show on Thursday and why, even though they're rookies, they're probably players to target in 2020.
0: Yeah, I think it's a a very good uh, draft uh, article in total. I would highly recommend the listeners to go over and check out the rest of it. And Sean mentioned about the win rates and also about the heat maps. Obviously, that there is all built into the article. So head on over, have a read through the whole thing, pick up on some of the stuff that we didn't talk on. And uh, I think it'll be much, much uh, better drafting uh, over the next couple of weeks for you for having read it. Uh, Teach it at the start of the show. We're going to go a little bit rapid fire here as we look. uh, And Curtis is talking about uh, the ultimate 2020 fantasy football sleepers list he's been doing it over the last couple of weeks uh, this edition is tight ends and sean mentioned a moment ago that uh, one of the names on that list is going to be just sternberger off the packers he's currently gone off the board adp one five one uh tight end 24 off the board the other one is chris Herndon uh, of the New York Jets going off the board at 129.8 so we could say 130 to round it up and tight end 21 so just the uh, couple of spots between them in terms of where they're going off the board um, Sean obviously you took uh, Sternberger um, and this draft I would assume based on ADP that Herndon was gone at that point um, was that the situation?
1: Yeah, Hearn was gone a long time back. We'll see he's going a little bit earlier in most of the different FFPC formats, and justifiably so in that he has a little bit more of a track record. He's dealt with some injuries. He's dealt with some suspension types of issues. When he's been on the field, he's looked very exciting for the Jets. And I think that a lot of fantasy owners are excited to see what he's going to do this season in offense that should be better. But still, because there's a lot of question marks about the wide receivers here, Can Brashad Perryman uh, emerge as a number one? Just how much will Crowder do sort of this underneath guy if they actually do have some other options? How soon will we get that rookie impact from Denzel Mims? There's an opening here since the wide receiver firepower isn't Uh, that impressive or at least isn't established as we head into the season i think that on the other hand when you have those three wide receivers there is some potential for them to pull target share away sort of in total when you look at Le'Veon bell perhaps as one of those top pass catching running backs even maybe as his performance declines a little bit that's another player who could pull some targets away when we contrast that with the Packers. And the situation here where they have Devontae Adams, he obviously the alpha receiver, possibly the receiver who will lead the entire NFL in target share in 2020, uh, especially if Emmanuel Sanders is finally able to give a little bit of help to Michael Thomas. You look beyond there, you have Alan Lazard, you have Devin Funches, but maybe not a clear wide receiver two situation, even though Sternberger didn't do much as a rookie. His final year in college, very, very impressive. He doesn't have a lot of competition uh, at the tight end position. They have a little bit of an interesting H-back tight end uh, type of hybrid rookie, but it does look like Sternberger will be the guy. Colm, I'm going to ask you here. I drafted Sternberger in this draft. Curtis and I picked Herndon in our big FFPC dynasty startup recently. Like both of those guys, if you're on the clock late and can just choose one, Who do you like there?
0: well if i'm on the if i'm able to get uh herndon i i go that way um but that's obviously based on ADP. but i have been taking sternberger and i actually have sternberger in a, a number of uh you know drafts from last season and uh, dynasty from those rookie drafts uh, somebody who went late now you mentioned you were kind of kind to him you said that he didn't do much last season uh didn't really do anything had one ta- uh, one target with no receptions but had a, had a little bit more uh, influence in the playoff games rather than the regular season but i think that he is somebody with jimmy graham out of the way there really isn't much Uh, competition there for him to you know have to succeed um, but I, I would love to see it work out for him the Packers really have struggled at the tight end position um, for, for a number of years now um, and uh, the one thing I'd be still wary of although Packers haven't signed a huge amount of free agents over the years they have in recent times and there's a couple of free agent tight ends still lingering about that uh, you know in the veteran market that might get picked up here as we get into training camp so we'll see what happens there I think at that point there's definitely value because um, if if we get this Packers offense you know starting to pick up and there's less competition around him as well you know you mentioned at the, the wide receiver position um i i think though out of the two of them who are most confident in having success this year um Herndon's definitely the one that that would lead and you know his 2018 rookie year um was hugely positive last year was a bit of a nightmare Based on the suspension and then the injury. So let's see uh which one we get this year. Hopefully, not another suspension and an injury. Hopefully, more like the rookie season, um, which will be very positive. So, both guys I think are interesting, but I think at the ADP uh, currently, I think the better value there uh, is Chris Herndon. Um, so, I think that's going to kind of wrap us up for today's show um, on the tight ends and uh, on the overall strategy. Now, there is another tight end in the list that Curtis has in that
1: ultimate sleepers list. So head on over. We'll, we call that a teaser in the business. He may be even, well, he is cheaper and he may be even a higher upside than the first two. So make sure you get over to the site and see who Curtis has there. You won't be disappointed
0: yeah exactly and uh, that's going to do it for today's show we're going to have another one here dropping on thursday make sure you're subscribed to the individual feed to be able to get that as soon as it comes out while you're subscribing make sure you drop us a written and review as well on your favorite podcast app helps us a lot here and of course if you haven't already you can sign up to the website at that 10 percent discount with the code 2020 rv radio my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at to ireland as always the work that we talk about on the shows and the the content we talk about the tools all available on com. as is sean's great work um you can find on the website as well that is all from sean siegel until we're back on thursday of course have a good one